0: Hello and welcome to the Confidence Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bailey. Today we have Gary Goldsmith joining us. Thank you very much for joining us today, Gary.
1: Dab. <laughs> for, those
0: you, for those of you listening and who aren't watching the video, Gary has a bit of dirt on his shirt. He's a Chelsea fan, unfortunately. Um, and as you know, I am Mirwolf. However... Gary has an amazing story, he has a lot to share, um, and he also knows one of my business partners, Gerald Ratner, so I thought it would be great to get you on to have a conversation not about football, but about you and your life and your business, so please feel free to give yourself a little introduction to our listeners.
1: Um, Hello everyone, thank you very much for having me. Um, My eyes were as red as your hair today, uh, but please leave the shirt alone. Um, it's nice to be in this type of podcast for a bit because I've been doing one. I did one with Gerald. So uh, this is um, my favorite subject because it's all about me. Um, I think I'm probably best known, um, one for uh, being around in recruitment now for nearly 40 years, man and boy. Um, I had an argument with someone yesterday who said he was back in, much easier back in my day. I said, yes, you, you try and find the company's email address in Moscow. It's, it's all right today. You try it back then. We have to make up an advert. So 40 years in recruitment, um, I learned my craft, I went out to learn to be the person I wanted to be. So during times of the recession, I used and abused some people to fill myself up to be that, that person. Um, after, after also, uh, they still take the piss about this at RDLC at, at, um, at S three. I just basically lied across my CV. Um, I was apparently, I was a junior tennis pro. How do you be a junior pro at anything? Um, and um, it was quite easy to turn F's into B's when you put your A level results. So uh, we still do talk about that. So I came from um, pretty humble stock, uh, ended up uh, joining S3. They were doing, they were six years old, doing three million pounds. And in my first six years, we got to 258 million pounds. So you know, draw your own conclusions, but contact does bring revenue and profit. So I bought a lot of people I love very much, very nice houses, including four wives. Um, I took my 40s off. Um, so that was my present to myself. Um, man- managed to travel the world, uh, get on the front pages of the news of the world with a fake shake. What idiot gets done by the fake shake? I was being fed lots of fake lunches by people asking me how we did it, what we did, and what was the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. So I just tried to monetize my friends. So one of, one of my passions in life is taking money off my friends. So in every house I used to have, I used to have a fruit machine that was clipped to do not pay out. So that will tell you a little about me. Um, so now I'm doing the RGLC, which is an advisory group. Um, helping recruitment CEOs do better, maximize their shareholder value, and get themselves to an exit if they want that. Uh, I'm also building some apps. I'm doing a podcast, and I'm probably busier now than I was when I was running a PLC. I, I'm going to stay running a PLC because if Russell Clements ever sees this, he just shouts at me and say, Oh, it was just you, was it? There were six of us, and we all played our part. It was just, oh, I was the best. There we go, just for Russell.
0: Do you think that you're happier now than you were back then?
2: God, no.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, it was just the best of times. Uh, um, it's almost like one of those things that you have a nice curry, you always want to reinvent that, that moment, that first time you had a curry. Mm. You, it's, I'm almost chasing that perfect moment with the perfect team doing the perfect thing at the perfect time because we had that at S3. I mean, the growth was, was phenomenal. And it was just so much fun working with really bright people who challenged me every day. I mean, th- quite often that the phrase was, Gary, it's not your train set anymore. So when you're working with a collective of really bright people um, who are just fun, all Spurs fans, but always just funny, um, we are still best mates. I've just come back from a trip to um, Saint-Tropez with Bill, Simon or Russell. So some of the other founders... Gary Eldon, Sunna whitmer there, there's loads of us, David Thompson, Richard Halman. There was a big collective. I had the best of times at the best of moments. And we still talk about the first ever business trip we, we did, but we went to Brazil, And we still talk about that today. Am I happy today? I'm happier probably than I've ever been since then. So it's, I'm just challenging myself. I'm, I think I'm better at uh, what I do in terms of advisory and NED work because of my interest in other stuff, so I'm not just totally absorbed by one thing, and that's nice to get a decent insight to how other businesses work, or how other things work, and still keep ch- chasing myself. And just you know, if I can be a bit, if I can be a bit better than I was yesterday, I'll be all right with that. But it depends on if the pub's open.
0: <laughs> no, I like that a lot. I think one of the things that's often overlooked is are you happy like yeah you're successful you're doing this you're doing that but unless you're enjoying what you're doing like really what is the point in life and that's one of the things I really like to address and it's nice to hear your view on that
1: so my funny enough my daughter just got a, a job working for a business that measures people's happiness
2: okay. so,
1: uh, I, unbelievable so um uh Darren Ryan I was a really good mate the, the business app is called Hapstar. It's a way by which you can actually put in um, anonymous information about what you're feeling today and it Mm. prompts you with ideas. And funny enough, Lula got that job because she's um, a psychology student at Newcastle, just finished, just just completed her brilliant degree, very Mm. proud. And she came to me with an idea of building a journal for our members because journaling really helps you just like organise your thoughts. And one of the things about being a CEO we are flighty, we are magpies, all shiny over there. No one ever finishes a job. Um, but we basically give ourselves the excuse that we're starters, not finishers. Mm-hmm. But actually, doing little things and ticking off that box, I still write lists about lists. And you've got to do write a task, tick it if you start it, and then put a G if I finished it. And I have to do that with my non-negotiables every day. So happiness for me is achieving stuff. So I don't... Work-life balance for me is not about staying at home and watching the rain. It's about going to work, working like an absolute dog with a sense of achievement and purpose. And when I take that mood home, I'm a much happier person than I was just because I got to walk the dog. So it's understanding what work-life balance genuinely means because I think the world has got it fucking screwed and they're not doing it.
0: I would agree with that. Most people say work-life balance. What is that? What's your idea of work-life balance?
1: I work... I'm... Okay, everyone's going to see my nuts now. And by the way, everybody in business I know has done well is is slightly nuts, and this is part of mine. Um, I work seven days a week. I I always have. Saturday is a bit of an admin day. Sunday is my prep day, so that when I go into the office on a Monday, Mm -hmm. I'm not strapping around. I'm there. I'm first one in the business, always, I'm first one out of the business always, and if I need to do work, I do it at the, the, the home in the evening. But I generally would spend some time in the pub talking to people about life, what's going on, knowing that. Um, no, we had a lot of stuff. I had two and a half thousand staff. I knew pretty much everybody's name, all mm-hmm. of their partners. What was, if they get a big check? What they do next? So I would balance myself to do that, um, and. Yeah, so, so I'm nine years into a startup and I'm not stopping until I make a million quid a year. And at that at that point, I know it's not a startup anymore. Mm. And then I'll carry on doing it again because I love it.
0: That's a really interesting take to take on it. So people often say startup scale up, like where does the where does it interchange? Why is it a million a year for you?
1: So you've got to pick a number, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. so so it, it would just it just made sense to me that I think if I'm earning a bar a year, then it's a nice thing to do. Um, and it reminds me of back in the glory days at S three because that's what we were all learning. So it was you know it it's a long journey to get back there, and a million quid doesn't mean as much as it does now, as Gerald says. Back in the days when a billion quid was a lot of money. Mm. Um, did you know that a million seconds is twelve days? But did you know that Billion seconds is thirty-two years.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? Such a difference.
1: Big leap, but it is, it's yeah, it, it's a it's a massive leap. It's, it's, I'm just putting you've got to score yourself somehow. And if I don't set myself personal challenges and um, milestones and triggers, well, what's the point? I and mean, what was I've had a great day based on what? Based, yeah. I didn't eat. I didn't eat falafel today. It's been a good day. <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
0: I'm a big, I'm a big believer in goals and deadlines, and celebrating that success you have along the way. Because, like for me, if I don't have a goal with a deadline, I'll just like meander along. It's a bit like driving without a map to somewhere that you know I don't know the route. So, you say that, and like you need something to keep pushing you forward. What helps you to keep going when you think
1: I don't want to? Go on. <laughs> I, I, right, I, you couldn't be further from, that. you couldn't be more on point than this. Um, as a business, we were pretty much right at the bleeding edge of KPIs and drivers. And I knew within a natural shelf of everybody's data that they had to do personally for them to, to, to get a goal. Um, and we, we used to use one fits pixel and it wasn't that. And then people work in different ways and different drivers and their conversion rates are slightly different. So we basically ripped it up and the only time I ever look at KPI now in a board, and I do 32 boards, is once a month if I'm looking for a training need. So is someone really bad at, at, at beer recruitment? then we use recruitment terms. If they're sending out a lot of CVs, not getting interviews, it's either a really shit job or you're sending out rubbish or you've got no control. And all of those three things I can make you slightly better at. I just needed that data to decide that. But I'd never measure you or manage you on that. So my small goals every day, I used to do four two hour sprints. Okay. So imagine the best person in the business, he walks in like you know, he walks in like his Ed Sheeran and goes, I want to get what's in my head out into, into your activity. So what would I do if I was doing your job over the next two hours to get closer to making money? And we set cadence, numbers, data, stats. Ask you anything. If you had a cup of tea, if you had a wee, do you need a smoke? Do you want me to make you a coffee? Are are we good? Right. On the count of three, you're off. Now, as the manager, I've given him a very specific goal. It's really relevant because it's out of my head, so it's going to be good. He knows what good looks like, so it's an opportunity for me to catch people doing things well. So there's praise due in two hours' time if you've, if you've done this. And it's just a two-hour window. But if you're not working as hard as somebody over here in those two hours, I can see it. And so can you. So one of the apps that I built is called Sprint R. Sprint R. Sprint R. Um, and um, we're very close to, to launch. But it's the idea about every manager to set tasks for his team. They agree it together the, the recruiter in my world wins coins coins get promotion so it's gamified so they become a, an admiral in a day they've done all four tasks they needed to do they become mm. an admiral for the day and then tomorrow they start going backwards or going up to so be a sea lord so it's gamified to hill i can get businesses busy pirate wars which is genius and because the logo is gray we've called it 50 shades of great because i just thought it'd be funny so, we're, so we're having loads of fun with it, but sprinting, you will get so much more out of your business. But also, the best people in the business are sharing all of their knowledge and insights. Mm. It's not people aren't having to make it up all by themselves.
0: I like that a lot. Sprints work really well. They give you a dedicated, focused period of time to just get shit done. That you know, there's no distractions. If you think about our life now, you've got. How many phones have you got and laptops and like notifications and different social media apps? It's like ping, 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 ping. And I'm just like, leave me the fuck alone. I want to get some work
1: done. But look, so there's some brilliant businesses in my world where they take mobile phones off people for, for a couple of hours, uh, two, two or three times a day. So they can actually just focus on the job in hand. And it's really good for your mental health, by the way. Just yeah. take away that distraction. Otherwise, you end up doing a task and then being distracted like a little magpie. Um, I've also got the best PA in the world, by the way. So Emma will say, show me your um, your stuff to-do list. And then she'll go off, 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 off. And she takes it off. And the idea is, if it's been on my to-do list for more than two weeks, it wasn't worth doing.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I agree with that. (laughs)
1: Right now, And do you know know what Washington is? So urgent, important, urgent, not important, not important, not urgent. So she's watching to me all the time as well. And... She will um, take out days in my diary and just say just too much. Or she will she'll pretty much say we've got a massive support infrastructure at the IDLC. Yeah. So we've got we've got colouring in, we've got video, we've got PA, EA's finance. All of those people are just there to help Dean and I just make make magic happen. Yeah. Occasionally, just says too many ideas. Just stop, bro. Just go away. Please <laughs> just play some tennis. Or she'll she'll speak to my wife. And as we are on Thursday, I'm going to Ibiza. So, yep. yeah, that, that was organized by my PA, nothing to do with me.
0: I've got two questions around this. What would you say to people starting out in terms of getting a PA and letting them let go of stuff?
1: Most important, most if you want to guarantee success, one, be famous for one thing and try, don't try and do everything. Hmm. If you're sending a marketing letter, only say one thing on it, not 15 because nobody listens. And by the way, when was the last time anyone looked at an email that's more than the paragraph?
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: two, go through all the tasks that you do and put a time against it. How much time that takes for you to do and then be honest with yourself. Why are you doing it? What, what's, what's the value in me doing a menial task? If I try and do a spreadsheet, I'll be here till 2026. And it will still be fucking wrong, but Emma can do it in 30 seconds. So buy yeah. experts, outsource everything in your business that you possibly can. Finance, marketing, take away everything. You be the person that makes sure you have a, a PA that says, we've got a marketing meeting in two days' time. This is your early warning. You need to now give me the four key messages that we'll build the content on. And by the way, Gary, you can't write because your are is nutritious. I'll do it for you. You just do the coming in bit at the end. So that's how she plans me. But I, I'm just we outsourced absolutely everything. And I, it's just I, a much smarter way to get your business from where you want. So you've got an idea in your head. How do, how do people get that idea out right in your head and make it come alive? Mm. And most people have never worked for a good manager by the way. No, Most people have never worked for a decent CEO who actually understands the role of the CEO that's going to drive them. So they've, they've got no frame of reference. And, and for ones, for somebody who's writing a business book, I hate business books. I just think they're all absolutely crap because they all contradict each other. So choose one philosophy in life that you like. So I'm a big, massive fan of all the one minutes because it's a really good way to explain one minute manager... Gung-ho is brilliant. Never split the difference is the exception to the rule. Uh, when I was talking with Gerald, I talked about George Davis and his business, but that that was, oh, eat the frog. Although mm-hmm. I am, I disagree entirely with the initial initial um, premise. I do the small tasks first because I'll take the big task and I will do it till 4 a.m. If it takes me till 7 a.m., I won't be able to do the small tasks. And I have to do, if I'm going to do a job... I can't multitask. I have to do one thing and I just don't want clutter. If you just see my desk now, there is shitting nothing on it. I mean, there, there, there's nothing on my desk cuz I just can't stand clutter.
0: Oh, the, yeah, clutter.
1: That's so interesting. A lot of coming.
0: a lot of people like with the eat that frog, get that get that done before everything else. It's not necessarily that it's a bigger job, it's the thing that you keep putting off. And I find that so many people, like they'll put off just making one phone call because they think the person at the other end of the phone is going to like bite their head off or jump down a phone at them. And this is a massive thing. So you must make a lot of phone calls. What do you do to get over this? I'm just going to pick up the phone.
1: Well, um, so I still give myself a cheat sheet, as I did for this. Um, I still write myself notes and just make sure there's the three or four things that I, I think are important to, to bring out in any call. Um, but I don't suffer fear. The only of fear I've got is fear of failure, if I want mm-hmm. to And apparently that's the worst driver to have as a business leader because if you're, if you're fearful of something going wrong, then you never actually do anything with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: it I generally don't believe that's, that's the way. I'm so motivated to succeed. I work eight, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, up, if, if, you're, if you're fearful and scared to pick up the phone, Anybody who runs a good business is a salesperson, right? Everybody, be it that you're the greengrocer or or your um Elon Musk, you you start by being a great salesperson. And if you're not selling a product, you're selling yourself. And if you're not selling to the bank, so I know in my business, I've got we have to be storytellers. There's the story to my clients to make them want to work with me. And it's got to be compelling. There's the story to my um candidates who've got to trust in me and then there's the story to my staff who make them believe in me and i will do that a hundred times a day so everybody else can get a chance to do it because ultimately it just happens so my vision for the business is never about trying to make 10 million it's about every individual earning 100 grand because that they can buy into they don't give a shit about my 10 million they give a massive shit about what happens to them if you are really confident with your content, anyone will pick up the phone and that initial fear factor of, well, what if? Do you know what? It's just a bit of practice because once, and what's the worst that can happen? You're phoning okay. up a customer that you're currently not working with and the worst case is they carry on not working with you.
2: Okay.
1: Now, if you make 50 calls a day, will you get better at making those phone calls than the person who makes five? Absolutely. And here's one for you. As a question back, how many times do you generally have to speak to a B2B customer prospect for them to think of you as front of mind to make you their first call next time?
0: There's different trains of thoughts with this, isn't it? It's like seven, seven points of contact.
1: Okay, so I think think it's 10 phone calls. I think it's a little more than
0: seven. And I use stuff like time bridging to get to know people faster. So... Like if I meet somebody for one afternoon, I'll try to go to two or three different places so that we've got two or three different points of memory for the next time. And then you feel like you know that person even more because you've got different points of reference.
2: Pub crawl, you mean?
0: Well, yeah, that always works. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: let's, 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 let's well, I think that's genius. I've never heard that before, and I'm totally stealing it. But um, I'm a massive advocate of digital marketing and automation. Yeah. Everything that we do, we have a bigger outreach, but it brings everyone to a single moment of truth, which is a phone call. Mm. You've got to be good on that phone call because tappy-tappy never makes you any money. It's talky-talky. So Mm. doing everything you can to have more phone calls. We're we're driving some cadences at the moment. So if you think you can create a list and you can get data for, for pennies, check out Apollo. It's really good. Um, look at Sales if you want to do um, parallel well, outbounds. There's some really brilliant tools, but the ultimate aim is to have more people spend more time on the phone.
2: Mm.
1: And our outbound cadence, i should shoot you not at the moment, is in two hours, we want people to leave 60 voicemails. Wow. One every two minutes. That's, that's intense. Okay, now how many calls, what percentage do you reckon will call me back? Five? About 20. But I'm I'm, I'm dropping message bombs. I'm saying I've I've got your kids. If you don't come within the next twenty minutes, I'm sending body parts back. (laughs) Generally, pick up the phone. But if you can make somebody laugh, drop them a message. Say say something funny. They will call you back. Then you've got that moment. You you elevate your pitch. What are you going to say that's going to stop them in their tracks and go, "Uh oh, wasn't expecting that." Mm -hmm. And if you haven't got that, then you're not going to be confident enough to make the calls or make the dials. If you want that show-off moment, get your content right. But well, we used to try everything, so in that world, there's some people at the moment who've been sending left um, a left-white Air Force One in a size 10 to clients and saying, put yourself in my shoes for two minutes. I desperately want to work with you. Can I bring the right shoe, please? <laughs> We've got people in recruitment who are sending mugs with a really small logo that, and it says, the only mug we'll ever send you. So trust us, we never send you mugs. Can I talk to you? And they're all asking for an 11-minute call. Mm. 10 minutes for me to tell you why I'm, I'm good, dazzle you, and one minute for you to decide if I'm the type of person you want to work with. And we're taking calls to be a pitch, and a pitch is a, an agreed next action. Yeah. So we're actually getting 20% calls, of which we're getting 50% into a pitch with a definitive next action in a mm-hmm. two-hour frame unbelievably good but we've been working at it for about four years
0: yeah that's really smart so you've obviously got the, the 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 voicemails right the messaging right the how to talk to these people right and once you've got them on the phone that conversion I think that's the bit that most people struggle with like they don't want putting the content out but then once they've got someone on the phone they're like oh how do I convert this person
1: just make friends mm. I mean ultimately yeah, everybody wants Everybody wants everybody to succeed. Um, can you make my life easier? Now, I talk about this a lot. There, there are reasons why people want, there, there, there are change drivers in the world today. So organizations are either trying to make more money,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, first mover advantage, digitization, uh, being creative. Then you've got organizations that are trying to save money. So that's, uh, again, automation, tech over talent, can um, we build efficiencies in everything that we do? Then you've got compliance. So unfortunately, we get stuff like GDPR issues and whatever happens next. Then we got pivoting. So um, the world will change so that... Um, organ- so Lamborghini used to be a tractor company prior to make to make suitcases, uh, Nokia made matchsticks. The business needs to change. And if you've got more people work from home, then there's a need for cyber or people's comfort. Um, and the latest one that every business in the world is talking about right now—every business, doesn't matter if they're making a dancey of death our centre—they're all doing something about sustainability because they have mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So there are your big five drivers of change. Which ones? Which ones truly new? Now that's. You now I'm not really one for uh, questioning techniques on phone calls. I think that everything that we need to know is in the public domain. Mm-hmm. So we should know what this type of customer would want from us and be first to move and just say, are you tired of boiling old recruit agencies who try and place candidates with you who don't give a shit? Right? They just, they just punch you on the nose and then say, ha ha over here, we've got a fix for that. So there's lots of ways. The other thing to do as well is have loads of advocates in your business. Mm. So there are people out there with black books who know more people than you, who know about stuff that's going on before you even know about it, taking it out of the public domain. It costs you money for every bit of um, acquisition. So if it's the lead, if it's doing a piece of business, there is a cost associated with that. Why wouldn't you share that back with someone who shortcuts all of that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll give you a tickle if you can help me at least. I will monetize your black book.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I absolutely right. Like the your network and what doors you can open for people makes a huge difference to whether people want to work with you or not. I've definitely found that over the past, especially five or six years myself.
1: Yeah, it's just that there's and people are willing to do it. People actually like doing things. Have you had a, a concession of obligation? Mm. So it's a Christmas morning, and you may knock on the door, and they've got a Christmas present for you, and you haven't got one back for them, and you know that feeling in your bottom of your stomach and you're also that blank expression you're thinking, can I give away we give, give them a, a box of chocolates? Oh. If you keep giving your market insights and intel and knowledge, and it's really easy because ChatGPT give it to you, if you keep mm-hmm. sharing that across social media you'll be known as a subject matter expert and if you keep giving it, people will eventually feel obliged to give you something back. It's human conditioning. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work you can do with with um, concession of obligation. Give, 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 give. It's about six to one. Six bits about bound before you ask for something in return.
0: Yeah. It is so true as well. And people like to receive as well. And I think that often people like to give and they don't always know when is that, when do I ask for the sale bit? And they're worried about what will people think of me when I ask for the sale or if I ask for the sale. Like for me, I just think, well, if you don't ask, if you don't ask, you don't get, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, what's the point? What's the point of the phone call?
0: Exactly. Like, if you if you don't put the offer across, ultimately you're doing that person a disservice by not offering them, right?
1: Well, uh, and you've just wasted their time. Because yeah. what 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 was that conversation all about? <laughs> so so what, the, the worst conversation is at the end of it. They say, "But what is it you do?" <laughs> what, what? <laughs> right. Right, you know, we've all been there. It's just I'm talking to someone in terms that's in my business colloquial. We know there's this stuff. It's we paraphrase internally. If you don't think, okay, I've got to talk client language, or you've got to make sure you're they're they're on the same point of reference as you. Otherwise, they will say, "Who are you? Who are you what's your
0: name? What do you do? Where are you from?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> I used to be called Backpage Gary, by the way. It was a really big thing for me. You do you do all of this work in terms of automation and, and having calls. And now I think in two hours, two weeks, or two months' time, they might say, It was that brilliant bloke. He was very funny, very engaged. I want to work with him. What was his name?
2: Mm.
1: And it did my be- head in. I thought, well, I'm making all these phone calls, how do I change that? So BPG. <laughs> I used to say, um, so, Natalie, can you just, whatever you use, a diary, a daybook, something in front of you, can you just flip to the back page? So you're going to love this. Right. I need you Bearing to write it. down. Okay. Well, everyone's going to get my mobile now. I said, I, I need you now to write down my mobile number because there might be a time when people leave you. I know I find it hard to believe, but they might just leave you. Or there's something going on that you need some help with. Or you're going into a mansion meeting you'd like some information or some data. Or you just want to vent and talk to me and shout at me rather than kick the dog. Or you want, you know, you want a joke. What, what do you call none nun in the wheelchair? Virgin Mobile. So I'm going to ask you to write down my number. So Gary Goldsmith, BPG 0750-18489. Now I'm going to ask you to read it back to me. and I know you haven't read it down. So if you wouldn't mind, I'll go slower. Gary Goldsmith, 07 18489. You put BPG next to it. If somebody comes in and, and gives notice today, you need some help with recruitment, who are you going to call?
0: Backpage Gary.
1: Backpage Gary. <laughs> I've been going elsewhere. No right. Goodbye. Right. And every time I sent any email out, I was BPG. That was a game changer for me because I just thought I've been remembered. But I also had quite a lot of energy, right? That's a quite a lot of confident call. Cool. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're a mini mouse.
0: No. What gave you the confidence to do that?
1: Um, just doing it. I think it the it. What's the... Worst, what's the worst thing that can happen? I just, I just didn't ever see a downside. I think so, that's a
0: really good question because a lot of people, they won't do it because they think, oh, what is the worst that could happen? And they imagine the world imploding around them.
1: There's, the, the, the truth is, a lot of people used to say to me, but I'm protecting my brand.
2: Mm. And
1: I say, that so how many clients have you got uh, or uh, prospects on your CRM today what number and they go 10,000 brilliant well done how many of them actually gave you money last year it goes 28 what the, what the fuck are you worried about <laughs> what's what you trying to protect no one knows you yeah you've got it, I, I have quite strong opinions on LinkedIn and the reason for have doing this
2: <laughs>
1: well, 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 what value gives you nothing hmm so if you align yourself to something and you're quite strong-willed with it, you will win more fans than people get switched off about. And actually, if they switch off, oh, I've got 10,000, I don't care. They're
0: not your people anyway, are
1: they? They're not my people.
0: Exactly.
1: So um, it's, it's Im- it's, it, I always think it's quite important just to put yourself out there and have an opinion as opposed to sitting on a fence. Well, you, you get splinters you up your bum if you sit on a fence anyway but you can have fun with it right so i used to phone up people and just drop jokes just on their voicemails what, you know, what's the worst that can happen and then they just remember you and it's the idea is tran- transferring love for brand into a first first mind mm-hmm. now how do i be at that first thought because that's where the money's most and that's where the best deals are being the first call not the 15th mm-hmm.
0: Being the first, thought so is that partly why you started your
1: podcast. Lovely segue. Um, so, so this is this is the vanity project. I'm a media whore, and I thought, why not? And it's basically my gateway to getting on. Uh, I'm I'm a celebrity, so nice. let's, let's, put all, <laughs> let's let's put all that straight out there. um I've got a very eclectic group of friends, so I've been writing a book, which is like an A to Z of being a mentalist entrepreneur. So. Loads and loads of tips, um, A's, B's, C's. These were colourful, um, and then we've we've done we've done quite a lot of, of work on this. And I wanted a, a way by which I showcased it. And people were saying, "You've got such an eclectic group of mates." So the manager of the Fat Boy Sim, Pete Tong, and madness, and then mm-hmm. Gerald and a royal correspondent. And the one that drops tomorrow is Logan. He he um, first time I met him said, "I've got cancer." Um and I need to change my styles to look after my family because nobody knows what's going to happen. And three weeks before we did the podcast, he got a check. We see there's nine figures, but it was 109 million. Um, and he's a massive advocate of the church, and he's just different. And he just talks about his story and his journey, uh, and it's one of those that I find it difficult to take the piss out of him because I'm just so in awe of him. Um, <laughs> But then I've got Rob Lee as a footballer and I've got a football agent. So it's just this eclectic bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, Pints of View, I get to do it in my local pub, which is yep. where Nigel Farage drinks, but randomly. Excellent. Um, it's, it's good fun. Uh, there's pub noises. There's vans and, and cars beeping out the front, which we call the Malvern Lie Detector. Um, it's TGI Friday, meet Stephen Bartlett on a budget it's it's funny i hope i hope people have seen a view because it's a bit random um and it's just it gives me a vehicle just to have a bit of release uh it's another job that emma just loves loves hates it um but because it's really hard you have to do three in a day and you have to stay straight because you can't do it um so it's it's working out pretty well we're really happy with it um, what what are these to, nobody knows, but it's a great vehicle for me to launch the book. But we're, all, we're already filming season two. Um, nice. And we've got season three in the pipe. But we're we we've off to Ibiza on Thursday and I was hoping to get Tony Truman who's a mate from uh, Ocean Beach down Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure if we can get the, the cameraman there. Um, just
2: put him on a plane, it'll be fine. Mm, Talk to me, camp. why Why Ibiza?
1: Um... So I found Ibiza late. I found Ibiza at 40, and I think I think that was Ibiza's loss. So I've certainly made up for, for lost time. We stayed at the Hacienda one year, stayed in Villa the next year, and the third year I bought myself a house, um, which had that horrible name. So the name was originally the Maison de Bang Bang, uh, which was reported everywhere. Um, I didn't even come up with it. It was a great mate of mine called Mike Smith who uh, said it was banging house music, Gary. Let's call it Maison Bang Bang. Oh, Lordy. All right. Um, I won't tell you the names that didn't get on the shortlist, but it's uh, it's now changed. So it's Tesoro d'Oro. And um, we've got, we're there for the month and we've got loads of pirates coming out for last week. Uh, thank you for our, our loving partners who all give us some space to, you know, without, I would say like behind every successful man, there's an awful lot of shopping. So so the, <laughs> the, 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 our better halves are all coming out and then we do conference where you just sit around a pool with a pina colada and you just put the world to rights. So it's just nice being with like-minded people mm-hmm. um, and we collaborate at that point and it works really well.
0: I love that. I'm a massive advocate of being, you know, in the sun by the sea. I moved to Mallorca in 2011. Um, I lived in Barbados for a little while and then now I run an annual retreat so we did the UK Barbados Mallorca we're doing Mallorca again next year I didn't discover Ibiza until I was 34 and when I realized I was adult enough to not die (laughs) (laughs) well
1: I'm done but, but it still happens um but look we're 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 a we're a different set these days. So um we're all clean and serene and it's you now all that nut nuts and like, I, that's yeah. what we're done by the fake shade and um I was I was far from an innocent when all that happened. Uh, far from an innocent, but they brought stuff into your house and they just totally entrapment. It's just horrific. Mm-hmm. So um but these days it's it's lunches and and boats to uh, Matera. Its, it's not going mental. But I live just above the Blue Marling, so you get you get your dose of it occasionally. And you now need a,
0: you, you need a little bit of noise sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's really good fun. But to be fair, it's just um, we go out of season, so there's a reason why we didn't go in August, apart from the fact that we rented out to mad sweet people. Um, but we uh, we go out at different times; it's slightly different vibe. So yeah. we love Easter, we love Christmas. Um and we love late season. So yeah, it's the, kind of cool. The
0: same in Mallorca. Like we moan when it's winter, is it summer yet? And then by by August it's too hot, there's too many tourists. And is it winter yet? And like we love we love it when there's no tourists around because it's quiet and you can do what you want and there's like no like drama and noise. I mean it's just you, and it's get you can you
2: know? get a table. You can get a table. <laughs>
1: um yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a really cool place. I've, I've never been Majorca. Majorca, yeah. Yeah, I've never been there. But Dean's my business partner's got a house there, so he's there all the time.
0: Ah, so you shall he, have to visit.
1: He's the grown up one of, of the couple. I'm I'm the, the mentalist. Um if you think back to the future, I'm the Man professor <laughs> and, and he's the guy who gets the girl. And <laughs> how it kind
2: of works.
0: How do you feel about
1: being in the press with your royal connections? Well, um, I, I never asked for it, which is part of the battle. It, it, yeah. it, was, it just landed there one day. One day mm-hmm. it wasn't. I threw across a, a little note to Bill in a board meeting because my sister phoned me and said it's about to break tomorrow, uh, that, that Kate's dating William. And I just bored in a, in a main proper grown-up S3 board, wrote, I'm going to be the future uncle to the Queen. And he's just gone, stop, everybody. What are you on? <laughs> and I just told him the story. He went, many, many a slip between cup and lip. But who knew it would happen, right? So that was the, the, the first news they were dating. It, 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 it's, it's kind of hard because it does put you in the spotlight. And mm. um, I don't think I've done things that people haven't done. It's just that it's a little bit abating, right? They'll always give you a hard time if they possibly can. And I'm, I'm a very easy target. And I'm 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 rhino skin, so it does totally one hundred percent. Not in a million years bothers me. It, I get protective about the others around me. So okay. yeah. So it was but well, the first time that any new story here, the first thing it was was Carol was saying, "Kate's okay, actually gutted for you." You're right. So so that it's all very protective, but um, but let's, let's be honest, right? So again, I'm not. A, I'm I'm hardly. Um, and innocent. But the way things are going, Andrew, Harry, Megan, like the way I'm gonna make the five star team at this rate. So I'm <laughs> quite it's, it's um yeah, there's 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 a, there's plenty ahead of me now who, who've let themselves down down more than what I ever did. And I've never said a bad thing about the family. I'm a massive royalist, massive advocate, and case is just perfection. So um you know, I love them dearly. That's really nice. Yeah, I don't but don't tell everyone because I've got image. this goes out to thousands
0: of people a week, you
1: know. So <laughs> I love, I love, I'm, I'm a big voice. Again, but the S3 guys, they are all, um, all all massive Republicans. We, I went to the Royal Wedding, I went to Kate's wedding, and on the way back I went to Russell's house for an, an anti-royal party. So you know, you have to, you have to have your yin and yang. And yeah. um, so, yeah, the Republicans took over the evening, but it was quite fun. What was the most fun part about that? Um, I got to buy a really expensive suit, and that was really good fun. Uh, it was We're in church, and we had Tara Palmer in front of us. We had the Beckhams at 11 o'clock. Um, it was just everybody you could possibly imagine was there on that day, and it was just such a, a joyful experience of being on the streets. It was just it was beautiful. And I think there's there's a real soft spot for William and and what Kate has done. And then there was Pippa Gate. So it, there was all those great things that were going on. And it was it was really funny. I got to meet Mike Tyndall and um Camilla came over and said hello. So you know it was it was a really, really cool day. Yeah. Um all, all in all. It's just, you know, just just imagine now that everyone's just got a spotlight on you. So whatever you do, it's, uh, yeah. Do you and think I mean,
0: that's helped or hindered you?
1: I've, with all the stories, I mean, there's been some horrific ones. I've never lost a member of the IDLC. Mm-hmm.
2: I've
1: never lost a friend. Um, and to be fair, people just rally around. And I think it's, they, they know me as me rather than this caricature that that is made up in the press. I think Rob, Rob Johnson, actually, on the, the Pints of View podcast last week, was very generous about it. And right at the end, he just said that you're really badly treated. And just invited me to the um, um, National Press Association's um, uh, October Ball. So, so I must be doing something right. Because I'm still making right. So, so it's all right. And I, I, it's, it was quite funny. The bill did say that single-handedly thought I could bring down the monarchy. <laughs> and he, while we we're away, while we were away in Monaco, he did say well, you gave it a good go. <laughs> <laughs> you choose your friends.
0: <laughs> you can choose your friends or the family you choose.
1: Yes. Well, yeah, there you go. Well, I'm really fortunate. I'm blessed with um, a lot of really cool people around me. Um, yeah. So that's that's important. What's next on the cards for you then? Um. So we're um so RDLC is growing. There's a really interesting time when people want to network or be around like-minded people. So it's either when you're doing really, really well and want to show off, you're um stagnant, you're plateauing, and you want people to give you some fresh ideas, or things have turned to shit. Right? They're the three big, big trigger points, and we've got all three going on with everyone at the moment. So RDLC is expanding, we're trying to do more and more. Pines for View is going on, so we're up to season three. Which is funny, given we've only put four out yet. But you know, we're we're but we're getting them in. We're getting them in the um, in the tin early, and yes. it's because I'm enjoying doing it. It's it's quite good fun. Um, I'm building out apps. Oh yeah, I'm still. in thirty six, not gigs. because I'm still doing more of those. So that's a really big part of my life. So it's been a support device for a lot of people. But the, I think the fun, the most fun thing is I decided to build some apps, and I've never done it before, and it's just. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I'm properly not a Scooby. It's like, I want to build a piece of tech that does this. Go. Um, so we found a team. They're brilliant. Um, they quiz me to death. We talk pretty much every other day. They're off doing it. So the first one is helping people do the sprints with the pirates and the, the what fit. The other one is the, the business to help value businesses called Val U. Why do people find it so hard to get a name? That was genius. Um, so they're they're both um, a long way into production. So hopefully to be launched uh, middle of the next month, and we think this will just help people. So great if you can value your business, and it will tell you the three or four things. You're, you're yawning. Don't be bored of me yet. You're fighting that off. You're fighting that off like a did it. It's the Chelsea thing, isn't it?
0: I it's um, I have insomnia and terrible sleep issues, so it's oh. not. Ever that I'm bored, I am just always
1: tired. Brilliant. Well, you know, I'm always tired, but that's because I'm old and fat. Um, <laughs> I'm not old and fat. <laughs> so, so, so the idea is that if you can see from doing like a wonga, it will tell you the three things that you can actually try to change that the impacts shareholder value, what your company's worth. And um, so I went around to see the 50 odd VCs that I know and say, what, what's missing, what's missing, what's missing, and yeah. we nailed it. So um, but I got loads of lunches out there, met some, caught up with some really great mates. So the guy from Barclays, who originally put 50 million into S3 as a hedge, where we all bought boats and planes and houses. Uh, so he was good value, Paul Goodson. God bless you, Silver Fox. And we've, so we've had some, I've had a lot of fun recently. Um, but what's next is Ibiza away with, everybody I'll do an non-exec gig, gig with comes over for a couple of days. So it's, I cook breakfast, we work till two, partners are in the pool, then we go to the beach. Uh, so it's my way of thanking everyone for working with me. And then at the end of that, all the pirates um, come to Ibiza and uh, we go on boats. I love it. I yeah. Absolutely
0: love that. It's, that's, that's the life for me, as they say.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the maze on the bang bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything back, G.
0: When you talk
1: to people, is there anything ever that you wish, I wish you'd ask me that? No. A, uh, uh, yeah, t- you could hear that, couldn't you? You know, I was going to do a little thing about my daughter because yeah. um, if you, uh, who's the best bloke you ever met in your life? For to me, dad, because he was the nicest, kind of, sweetest bloke in the world. And we're both Koreans, so I don't believe in horoscopes because he's the antithesis that I'm evil. I'm, I'm, I work at it. My dad was the loveliest man in the world. And the proudest thing that I've ever done is is have my daughter, who's better than me in every possible way, and she's just spectacular, and she will change the world. She will change the world, 100%. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to um, hold on to my daughter's shirt tails and just see where that goes. <laughs> so um, for the other people, and, and Julianne, my wife, who just basically cooks up with so much shit, I'm a mentalist. So she just lets me get on with it quite a lot. So, At
0: least you uh, found your person that will put up with your mentalness.
1: There is that, yeah. Well, it's not Joe Public, is it? <laughs> no. So, uh, No, it's Julianne. So yeah, the, the people in my life who are the most important to me. Oh, can I show you one? Look, who's here? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so here he is now. Look, oh. of course, about two hours. We um we did the coloring ourselves. Bleach in the microwave. No, <laughs> sorry. Bleach in the microwave. You can. Everyone can get those color match at home. He's he's very poor. He's very old. Um What's so his I've, name? That's, it was going to be. I was going to have Cheech and Chong because they're Mexicans, which I thought was ingenious. But I didn't think it was appropriate at the time to be around Bridges Park going Cheech Chong.
2: Probably not. Uh,
1: so Cheech <laughs> and tequila, keyla. tequila. Um, so tequila. Tequila. Mexican. Yeah, brilliant.
2: How uh, have I done?
0: Absolutely amazing. How do you feel like you've
1: done? Do you feel like you've got everything across that you want to do? I just think that people have, oh no, there's one thing that I think everyone's got to take take note of. It is an absolute privilege to run a company. You're responsible for not only your your own personal wealth and health, but your family, but a lot of people are relying on you to pay their mortgages and keep them healthy and wealthy too. If you happen to come into the office one day and you've got a face like thunder, fuck off because there's no room for that in the business. You've got to be the happiest person, the most consistently consistent person and be absolutely on fire because the job you've got is an absolute privilege. And if you don't think like that, if it's like, oh, I'm my hardest work career, I'm doing all the jobs, you need to get over yourself
2: mm-hmm. and get a
1: PA and help you achieve that because the hard, the bit the bigger the business gets, Trust me, you're working harder. So if you've got a business of 10 people, you think you're working hard, strap in, (laughs) because that ain't (laughs) nothing. It gets more challenging, more difficult. But if you're not going to do it with a smile on your face, don't do it.
0: I think you're absolutely right there, because people will look up to you and boss, you know, what's going on there, what's the vibe, and if they want to stay or not.
1: Just make it a culture where it's cool to be good and everything else Mm. takes care of itself.
0: Where can people follow you? Find you an online stalking because we're a fan of online stalking here, just not in person stalking.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Gary Goldsmith, LinkedIn RDLC, so you'll find me there. Um, Pints of View. Um, you can't not find me on. Is, is Gary Goldsmith with one on LinkedIn? I don't do anything else because I think it's evil. So uh, I don't touch Facebook. I, I, I only follow about five people on the Instagram. They're all my best folks. But um, I, just don't, I just don't like it all. Uh, so LinkedIn for business. And um, if you reach out to me, if you want my phone number, because it was there, if you reach oh, out yeah. to me, you want anything, I will come straight back to you. Uh, my philosophy in life, I'll leave you with that. My philosophy in life is be, be owed a favour, not a fiver. And I'll do pretty much anything for everyone. Oh, that's
0: so nice. I like that or oh, oh, a favour not a fiver if you could leave people with one tip to
1: increase their confidence what would it be um, no take before you do anything plan your day uh, so last thing at night I always choose what I'm wearing the next day mm-hmm. down to pants and socks because whilst I'm doing it I'm planning that day and it prompts me to think about it so I've had to look at diary and I'm already thinking about it the next day um, and I get up I get up silly early even if I need to roll back over, but I will write some notes about that day, so I feel like I'm prepared. And if mm-hmm. I'm prepared, I'm all right. You know, I'm not going to stand up and try and sing a Eurovision if I don't know the words. So, why do you think you're going to be good in the office? So, and also, cheat line still. If you've got influencers in your business, make sure you tell them the secret messages first, and buy their love so that mm-hmm. they. With whatever you're trying to achieve. So, yeah, just cheat. Buy people's
0: love. Buy people's love.
2: There
1: you
0: go. On that note, I'm going to go into my bank
1: account. (laughs) (laughs) that was fun Angel thank you very much for letting me talk about my favourite subjects
0: thank you very much for joining us Um, everybody that's listening I hope you've enjoyed this please do find Gary on LinkedIn Um, listen to his Points of View podcast and if you found this interesting please share it with your friends family loved ones and even the people that you don't like because everybody needs some help every now and then don't they
1: (laughs) from Stamford Bridge to Wembley I'm going
0: to have to cut this bit out
1: (laughs) Thank
0: you ever so much for joining us and everyone that's listening. We shall see you on the next one.